1: Welcome to
2: another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios.
1: And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Well, good afternoon. Greetings. Thanks for coming along for the Wednesday edition of The Ride Home. Gorgeous day here in western Pennsylvania, the city of Pittsburgh, up there, wherever you are. You're getting yourself a little sunshine. Kath, good to see you as well. How are things? let's see Wait, what's going on there? Uh, on our live stream right now, mm-hmm. we are streaming live on Facebook, The Ride Home with John and Kathy on Facebook. Uh, you are a turtleneck. Yeah. Turtleneck.
3: Yeah. It was a hard decision for me this morning around eight o'clock, uh, maybe seven 30 when I was getting dressed because I thought to myself, I'm in the flip flop mentality because of what we did last week. Yeah. But I am going to be, I, I had to be out for, you know, four or five hours. I have to preserve a sense of comfort. Mm-hmm. So I decided I just had to grab the bull by the horns, look at the weather and say, look, our high is going to be like 60 get a grip.
1: That's a little confining. Aren't you worried? Like, And I get it, because you're in this weird sort of thing now, and it's a little chilly, but it could also lean towards hot. You put a turtleneck on. Aren't you worried about getting sweaty?
3: Well... Thank you nothing for asking worse. such an intimate question. I but mean, the worse and sweating in a turtleneck. I neck. will tell you, this is uh, an, a particularly lightweight turtleneck that I, I wear for that exact reason.
1: I was concerned. I just and wanted to... I appreciate that. Reach out for the fashion thing. Okay, listen, this is a very busy day news-wise across the world. As we always <laughs> do, we get underway with the show. Kath, won't you please, with the news stories, give us the top four at four.
3: I will. For Wednesday, April 14th, 2021. Number one, President Biden formally ended the 20-year American effort in Afghanistan, declaring from the White House today that he will withdraw the remaining few thousand U.S. troops by September 11th and refocus American attention elsewhere. According to the New York Times, the president said, quote, it's time to end America's longest war, time for America's troops to come home. But he warned the Taliban that a that if american forces are attacked on the way out of the country quote we're going to defend ourselves and our partners with all the tools at our disposal
1: talk about complex huh holy smokes
3: number two bernie madoff the architect of one of the largest financial frauds in american history has died at age 82. The Wall Street Journal reports that Mr. Madoff, one time chairman of the NASDAQ stock market and a fixture on Wall Street for decades, shocked the world in December of 08. Of course, we remember this, right? When he confessed his investment business was a multi billion dollar Ponzi scheme. He pleaded guilty in March of 09 and was given the longest sentence allowed. Now, listen to this. Assets Mr. Madoff boasted of man, and boasted of managing existed only on paper. Of course, we know this. He hadn't invested clients' money. Instead, he was shuffling billions of dollars through his company's bank account and fabricating statements showing profits year after year. But ultimately, and here's the number, a court-appointed trustee estimated Mr. Madoff took $17 billion from his customers yep. through the scheme.
1: 125-year prison sentence. He dies in prison of kidney failure at the age of 83.
3: And number three, there's a ketchup shortage. Mm -hmm. Yep, the obvious answer to, quote, what would be worse than not being able to find toilet paper? Yep, it's become reality as U.S. restaurants just getting ready to reopen are seeing high costs for ketchup and single serve packets that are in short supply. I mean, this is giving me palpitations just talking about it. According to the Wall Street Journal, the pandemic forced full service restaurants to turn to packets, of course, instead of the bottles, right? Because we were trying to be all sanitary, right? That has fueled a spike in demand and a strain on supplies. Kraft Heinz companies say that they have put priority on supplying fast food and drive through restaurants whose sales have recovered faster than those of sit down restaurants so far. So if you're a sit down restaurant, you're thinking, okay, let's open the tap.
1: Really? Okay. Now, look. I, I was in the grocery store the other day. Uh, there was zero, and I say zero Heinz ketchup, but plenty of the Hunts. Variety. Okay.
3: Well, that's a waste. That means nothing. I'd Let's rather have. Hunts? I'd rather have air. Really. <laughs> And number four, the Shenley Plaza Carousel has reopened. If that no. isn't a good sign for spring and for the opening and the ending of COVID, one of the historical throwback highlights in the Oakland, Oakland District of Pittsburgh, the merry-go-round is not only back but better than ever, having been renovated with black, brass. Can I talk today with oh. brass plating and six hundred new light bulbs. According to the Pittsburgh Parks Conservancy, the merry-go-round known as Menagerie Carousel has more than just horses. There's also a camel, elephant, giraffe, ostrich, rabbit, seahorse, and other animals meant to symbolize, John, the diversity of Pittsburgh and its people. How about that? The carousel pays homage to one in Shenley Park from the early 1900s, and that is your top four. Uh,
1: And if you're worried, all of the animals on the carousel... Well, we're forced to mask up,
3: so That's just right. in case. <laughs> Which just, is a relief to all of us who are concerned. Of
1: course, because you, you don't want to get. How about the carousel. ketchup
3: shortage? Isn't that upsetting?
1: Um, I did go through a drive through the other day, and, uh, you know, you always have to ask for ketchup, right? Yeah, I, and they were very stingy. They give me, like, two packages.
3: That's okay. terrible. Now, I listen mean, to this. If you have ketchup packets, mm. this is what you should do. You should get yourself onto eBay or Facebook Marketplace oh, because what? they are all-
1: over the place i don't think you can sell food can you sell food on ebay heck yeah what yes what's the can. shelf life of a, of a of a package of ketchup well i have think? no
3: i have no idea but i bet it's yours years oh i bet it's yours oh yeah oh, mm-hmm. now listen to this uh lindsey cohen uh, a retiree from indianapolis logged on to ebay and posted 20 heinz ketchup packets for sale for eight dollars each what eight dollars each that's crazy yeah, she amassed her collection during fast food stops on a recent road trip. Um, and she said that I saw what happened at the beginning of COVID with things like, you know, antibacterial soap and gloves and that sort of thing. I thought I'd put them on there. Twelve hours later, the packets all sold.
1: Oh, my goodness gracious. Really? Yep. Okay. All right. What's the weirdest thing that you put ketchup on?
3: Weirdest thing that I that put be? ketchup on? Uh, macaroni and cheese?
1: Oh, that is kind of weird. I don't think I would ever do that.
3: Yeah. How about Why, what's the weirdest thing you put ketchup? Uh, no, I don't like it on eggs. Actually, oh, I
1: like, you know, scrambled eggs and that's not even that weird. I love scrambled eggs and ketchup.
3: Okay. I mean, yeah. that's, I, I think I would support that. It's how, not my how, favorite, but I endorse
1: it. When you, when you hang out, like, you know, we went to the drive through the other day and, uh, my kids won't use ketchup on French fries. What is, what kind of kids am I
3: raising here? I, I I don't know where you've gone I'm wrong. like,
1: What, how they're eating those dr- fries dry. The ketchup thing is like you know, one of the seminal events it's in your life.
3: It's I don't get
1: it anyway. Okay, hopefully you know, like with the TP shortage, the uh, ketchup shortage will pass as well. That's still a great until country. now.
3: I'm super glad I've got like six. I've got six big containers down in my basement. Six. Yeah. That's what Holy I normally have. If what? I get less six. than six, if I get less than six, I start See, having I those, you know, that. you know those moments of fear that people have who are like, you know, who are the people who are, who are getting ready for the, for Armageddon? What yeah, do you call yeah. those people?
1: I don't know. The end timers.
3: Yeah. The end timers. You're yeah. Right. I'm like that with ketchup. I don't get that what what do you need with six what's gonna happen i want to be ready i want to be ready six catch all right well listen we're stepping away when we come back easter triumph and joy pastor eric andre campus chaplain in the oakland district of pittsburgh we're gonna ask him if he's ridden the carousel yet thanks for being with us it's the wednesday edition the ride home
1: All catch up up 101.5
4: WORD. Don't sell out on biblical
5: truth. Don't be embarrassed about the gospel. Don't be ashamed of the word
4: of God. Don't dilute it to the point of unrecognition. Dr. Michael Youssef. Don't ever give up on the gospel truth, regardless of what names they may call you. Be challenged.
0: This week on Leading the Way.
2: Tomorrow morning at 6.30 on 101.5 WORD
0: moms. Wow, aren't they special? Doesn't that word just warm your heart and make you feel loved? Hi, it's me, Marcia from The Spring House, and I am so blessed to get to work side-by-side with my mom every day in our family business. And right now, my mom and I are planning for a special day for you and your mom on Mother's Day. Every year on Mother's Day, we barbecue chicken quarters over the open pit outside with our secret butter sauce. Baked beans, corn pudding, coleslaw, macaroni salad, ho-ho cake, and more will bound inside to go along with that tasty tender chicken. When I was a teenager and we first started cooking for crowds, all my mom wanted for Mother's Day was for us five kids to help get ready to make this a special day for our guests. So bring your family and come hungry to enjoy the wonderful farm-fresh meal that we started all those years ago. Oh, yeah, live music and free cones for moms, too. Let us share a little of our farm with you. The Springhouse in 84 PA, 724-228-3339 or springhousemarket.com.
1: It's finally time to replace that old leaky roof. Or how about some new You can count on Windows or Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows or Us offers repair and replacement for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, windows, entry doors, even decks. A leaky roof left unfixed can lead to mold and mildew. Maybe you've lost siding during the recent windstorms. Don't put those repairs off. Windows or Us offers 12 months, no interest financing, and no processing fee through Dollar Bank. Want new factory direct replacement windows for your home or office? Choose from 100% vinyl, commercial aluminum, wood, and composite. And how would you like to never clean your gutters again? For a limited time, get a free gutter filter with the purchase of complete siding or roof replacement. Offer valid through June 30th. All with 12 months, no interest, no processing fee, and backed by the best warranty in the industry. Schedule your free estimate and inspection today at WindowsRUSPittsburgh.com. That is WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com.
6: I'm Pastor Tom Hall. Did you know that First Presbyterian Church of Pittsburgh, 326th Avenue, is the oldest anything in Pittsburgh, older than any newspaper, school, or business? Join us Sundays in person at 1045 a.m. Hear the timeless good news of Jesus Christ. We'll be social distancing and keeping everyone safe, so let us know you're coming at fpcp.org.
1: the king of the world. Globe spins faster and faster. I think it's really important that we hang on to Easter Joy for as long as possible. We we think, oh, that's last week's news. Easter Joy, we've moved on from that right now. We're we're focused on the ascension or other such things. Pastor Eric Andre is back with us again. Pastor is a, a regular guest on our show. He's the campus chaplain for Lutheran Student Fellowship of Pittsburgh, also serving at First Trinity Church in the North Oakland neighborhood. Eric, Pastor, welcome back. How are you, sir?
7: I'm doing well, John. How are you? It's good to be
1: with you again. Yeah, thank you. Always good to have you with us. And Happy especially Easter. too. Yes. Yeah, because you. I like I said in the introduction, you kind of feel yeah. like, Oh, Easter's past. I'm moving on.
7: Easter's a fifty day season. You know, like you said, John, like you indicated, the world and, and we get infected with this even within the church. We we anticipate things before they happen and then when they do happen we want to move on quickly to the to the next big be- you know, next big thing, whether that's In our culture or in the church, but, uh, you know, the the church teaches us, uh, God teaches us to be patient and wait and anticipate and build the anticipation, and that's what Lent and especially Holy Week and Good Friday does. And so when Easter comes, uh, we we not only celebrate one big day, we celebrate for 50 days, and really every Sunday is a little mini Easter anyway, but, uh, you know, so the Easter season really has has just started.
3: Mm Mm-hmm. So this celebration of uh, the resurrection and what it means for Christians um, is something you, you can never plumb the depths of, um, Eric. You can always find a different way to think about, a different way to contemplate it. Um, yeah. in, a, in the email you sent to us earlier, you mentioned Martin Luther, and I was thinking about him today, and I was thinking how, you know, what— obviously with the Church of Jesus Christ overall owes to the people um, and how the Holy Spirit worked through them in the Reformation. But Martin Luther's personal story is so, you know, inspiring in some ways. You know, him being so overwhelmed with his sinful self yeah. and just not being able to get past it. And um, and so when he talks about what the resurrection has purchased for him, you know, mm. it I, it really touches me.
7: Yeah, and I think you make a very good point, Kathy. Both about the, the nature of the Reformation uh, for Luther was was very personal, as it mm-hmm. should be. Uh, it, it, it was it was kind of forged through his. Uh, there's this wonderful German word, "Anfechtung." There's really no. English word that translates it, but maybe terrors of the conscience would be the phrase that translates it. And you know, he he was he was in the monastery. He was feeling the weight of God's law and wrath against his sin. He couldn't work his way out from under it. He couldn't earn his way out from under it. Um, and 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 to the point where he was really despairing, not only what we might call spiritually, but emotionally, mentally, and even physically. Um, and and and. So for him, the Reformation was always pastoral in terms of comforting troubled consciences and, mm. and, and recognizing that the God of the universe is the God who is for me, that this is, you know, this is for you, this is for me. He, he does, as it's interesting, as an aside, he, when, when he explains, for example, the, the first uh, section of, of the creed, God is the creator, the maker of heaven and earth, you know, this is a grandiose idea, and 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 Luther brings it down to: he has made me and all creatures. He has given me my eyes, ears, and all my senses, my body, my clothing, my food, and shelter. Not not in not in an individualistic way, but in a personal way. That this is the God who is for us, and so, and so for Easter, um, for for the you know the Easter cycle, if you want to say that the the, the Holy Week into Easter, uh, he, he he very much personalizes it very directly and concretely and so if i can just maybe share a bit of a quote that really struck me uh, that i came across uh recently you know he, he talks about saint paul's words that in romans that christ was raised for our justification and 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 luther says here paul turns my eyes away from my sins and directs my eyes to christ for if i look at my sins they will destroy me Therefore, I must look unto Christ, who has taken my sins upon himself, crushed the head of the serpent, and become my blessing. Now they no longer burden my conscience, but my sins rather rest upon Christ, whom they then desire to destroy. So let us see how my sins treat him. They hurl him to the ground and they kill him. O my God, where is now my Christ and my Savior? But then God appears, delivers Christ, and makes him alive. And not only does he make him alive, but he seats him at the right hand of majesty in heaven and lets him reign and rule over all. What has now then become of sin, of my sin? It lies there under his feet. If I then cling to this, I have a cheerful conscience like Christ because I am without sin. And I can now defy death, the devil, sin, and hell, and they can do me no harm. I just think that's a beautiful way for for us, sure uh, for is, you, man. Kathy, John, and for our listeners to to think of how he has taken my sin and destroyed it and defeated it and and, and hurled it away.
1: Wow, that's really a fabulous quote. I mean, and what a rebuke it is to the modern way of thinking, right? I mean— I mean, it it takes down our selfishness, our our cancel culture, our wokeness, our political divides, all of that, and brings us back to the cross and, of course, the uh, resurrection of Jesus. Fabulous. Uh, The quote itself, Eric, uh, maybe we can uh, post that on our Facebook page. It's worthy to go back to and read that because it goes into so, uh, so many deep crevices.
7: Yes. Yeah. I mean, I'll be happy to send that along. It's a lot to maybe take in while listening, and I'm glad yeah. you guys will be able to post that. And, you know, and, and, you know, the, 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 the cancel culture, uh, I, I thank God for his cancel culture, Colossians 2, right? The, 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 the legal requirements that stood against us, he took out of the way, having canceled it and nailed it to the cross. Mm-hmm the cancellation of our sin, the defeat of our sin by Christ's death and resurrection." that that's that's the cancel culture that we're thankful for and it's interesting because the word culture comes from latin cultus which also from which we get cult or worship right so the worship of god the liturgy of god the divine service of god is that he cancels our sin uh the the the, the, what was written on the cross in terms of the king of the jews it could also put their it could also put their sin with a you know with a a debt paid or a cancellation Mm. stamp on it And, and that was of course certified confirmed achieved with his resurrection and now delivered to us, uh, in the Word, through the Word, through its preaching, through its hearing and reading, through the sacraments, and, and we have the same victory as Christ. Luther said in this sense, of course, we're still here in this world, but Christ had, by his resurrection and ascension, by joining us to himself in, as, as a man, as a God man, uh, all things consist in him. And so he has also taken us already in a sense. We have one foot in heaven already, Luther said. We have one foot on earth and one mm-hmm. foot in heaven. We, and, we, and we're moving in that direction. Uh, we know which direction we're head, headed. We're heavenward bound. We're resurrection bound because Christ's resurrection is, is the first fruits of our resurrection.
3: Fabulous. Eric, isn't it painful? You know, it's, isn't it tragic when you think of how oftentimes Christians have represented this faith to the world? you know, that it's some type of, you know, we need you, you know, you have to be, you have to live up to our standards. You have to be good. You have to be, you have to be like us. You know, I, how, how, how different would it be if Christians just live trying to share the truth of Jesus saying, look at what's been done for me and how grateful we are and expressing yeah. our faith in that way to the world.
7: We forget. I, I was, I was just saying the exact same thing, Kathy, to a, to a colleague of mine at lunch that, you know, I think it, the way I approach evangelism and I'm not, you know, I, I don't say I have the perfect method, but I, I try to emphasize those two things that you really just said, the, the truth and the joy, the truth of Christianity, and therefore yes. the joy that it gives, the purpose, the meaning, the identity uh, it gives to, to our lives. Uh, and I think of that this Easter season, the the, the joy that, you know, that, that is so Palpable that we anticipate as we walk through Lent and as we walk through Holy Week with Jesus and his his suffering and his death and his abandonment by the Father on the cross, and then we come into into the joy of Easter, where 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 the ones that you know there's this wonderful homily by the uh, ancient Church Father John Chrysostom, where he uses the parable of the vineyard. He says, if you came at the first hour or the last hour, the feast the feast is set for you whether you kept the fast or denied the fast, the feast is for you, you know, and, 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 mm. and rejoice in that and enjoy it. And, 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 I mean, it's, it's just that joy. Honestly, you give me goosebumps. Just, just thinking about it and living it. <laughs>
8: Wonderful.
1: So Eric, as I hear you and Kath speak in this conversation, this deeper conversation about engaging in thought and prayer and action, you know, um, early on in Lent, I was reflecting and thinking, I'm going to do a really strong Lent here because I want the payoff of Easter Sunday. And, you know, Mm -hmm. that's what it's like, whether it's Easter Sunday or Christmas morning, I mean, to know God's word and then to engage in theology and prayer and reading and all that, it's so deep and so delicious to fall in love with that. I mean, it, it sort of runs contrary to, you know, the Netflix um, streaming age that we live in. But we have to invest the time and the energy in all this of knowing and loving our God to to have that payoff, right, to have that beautiful joy, to foster that relationship,
7: well, and I think that's where, frankly, the church is so helpful, right? I mean, the church provides for us uh, seasons where we can follow along with Jesus, where it provides us uh, opportunities and, and impetus for seasons of penitence like Advent and Lent to prepare us then for Christmas and Easter. And, and we don't have to do it on our own. We have, we have the church. We have the wisdom of the church. We have the readings of the church. We have the, the colors of the church, the, the music of the church, and, of course, the brothers and sisters in Christ in the church who can hold us accountable, who can, you know, weep when we weep and, and laugh and we, la- we laugh and, and, and rejoice when we rejoice. And, and I, you know, I, I mentioned, I think, earlier to you guys today a, a hymn that I just love for the Easter season. It's an ancient one. We don't even know the author. It's a fifth-century Latin hymn, uh, probably fifth century, but very early, At the Lamb's High Feast We Sing. And just just. The joy that exudes from it, you know, now no more can death appall. Now no more the grave enthrall. You have opened paradise and your saints in you shall rise. Alleluia. Easter triumph, Easter joy. This alone can sin destroy. From sin's power, Lord, set us free. Newborn souls in you to be. Alleluia. And we're, we're born anew, not only in our baptisms, we're born anew uh, every Easter. And we'll be born anew again when Christ returns to fully implement uh, our baptism, fully implement the victory of, of the cross and the empty grave where we will rise from the dead and in our bodies, you know, as, as Job said, see my Redeemer in the flesh. I know that my Redeemer lives to, to you know, to cite another hymn. Um, yes. It's 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 that birth, that opportunity. Um, and, and we have it each day, uh, you know, on, on a kind of a Smaller, but just as vital scale. Each day as we turn, as you said, John, to to word and the prayer, each week as as we turn to the church and hear the word and pray with our brothers and sisters in Christ and receive the sacrament, uh, this this rebirth is, in a sense, a a, a daily drowning and rising, a daily turning uh, in repentance unto faith, uh, to the victorious and risen Savior. Amen.
1: Eric Andre with us from Lutheran Student Fellowship. Uh, Eric, here we are in uh, mid-April. You've been on campus, of course, uh, throughout the whole year. Uh, before you leave us, will you uh, give us an update on the the state of uh, your work on campus and uh, how COVID has affected that, and uh, your hope for the future?
7: Well, do you, you have about another half hour. No, well, there we go. No, Honestly, I, John, very brief. I can say, of course, like everybody else, it's it's affected greatly this past year. It's been challenging and different, but the campus ministry's thrived because the human element is still there. Uh, I feel that relationships have been built and strengthened. Uh, in part because of the challenges and because of new ways of of thinking and reaching out, including, of course, online, but, you know, meeting one-on-one outside six feet apart, you know, all all these kind of things, but we've really been thriving. We're looking forward to next year. We're bringing in a deaconess intern that's going to help out just a little bit with campus ministry and some other aspects of of ministry across the city here. So we're excited about that. Um, And just one other thing I wanted to plug your, your listeners have heard me talk about Bo Geertz before in his novel, the hammer of God. Uh, I'm teaching a, continuing education course in mid-June on that. It's all the way up in Michigan, but we welcome people from all across the country. If people are interested, they can, you know, uh, contact me through you guys, and I just wanted to get that plug in there.
3: That's terrific. Well, always good to talk to you, Eric. Thanks for being here.
7: Yeah, my pleasure, guys. Have a great day.
3: Yeah, that's Eric Andre, campus chaplain at Lutheran Student Fellowship of Pittsburgh and First Trinity Church in the North Oakland section.
5: If you can fix the big stuff, you can fix the small stuff. For over 100 years, QDOT has fixed big mechanical systems for the commercial industry, from hospitals and factories to churches and schools. You deserve to be treated fairly when it comes to your home's HVAC system. QDOT can solve any mechanical challenge, big or small. For affordable repairs, replacement, and maintenance, QDOT answers 24-7, 365. And your safety is their top priority. Call 412-366-6200 at q-dot.com. It's springtime,
1: and it feels good. And we made it through. March to March and beyond this crazy topsy turvy upside down year that we all went through and none the worse for the wear. Well, okay, maybe yeah, <laughs> a little rough around the edges for most of us, right? A little rough, but we survived. So now you're in the market thinking about a new house with a big light, airy living room, a kitchen with a space for the kids, a long table, a place to hang out in a backyard, maybe a garden a deck. When it's time to buy, look, everyone's talking about low, low interest rates, right? Everybody knows that. So when you're looking for a mortgage, what do you need? Somebody who's honest, somebody who's upfront, somebody who's easy to work with, and somebody you can trust. United Faith Mortgage. The direct lender advantage is everything. People like us for us
9: United Mortgage Court, Melville New York, MS number 1330, Department of Banking, mortgage lender license number 22672.
3: For those of us who are healthy, it's hard to imagine what it's like to be chronically sick. If you're over 50, you may be fine today, but tomorrow, different story. Chronic illness can literally claim your financial world overnight, and suddenly you're tens of thousands in debt, mailbox overflowing with bills, notifications, warnings, and you think Obamacare will help you sort it out? Good luck getting someone even to talk to. This is Kathy Emmons, and my friends at Marley Financial have a better solution. It's their non-Obamacare pro-life health plan. It gives you the power of a national PPO instantaneously, savings of 30 to 60% off Obamacare for those over 50, no funding for abortion, and always someone to help you. Call 724-884-1496. One client recently in the hospital for 11 days for a bowel obstruction, the hospital billed him over $56,000. Marley Financial's non-Obamacare plan paid the entire claim and... with $7,000 in his pocket. There's no other plan like it anywhere, and you can get it now. Call 724-884-1496 or visit
10: MarleyFG.com. Identity thieves love tax forms with personal info needed to steal your identity. That's why LifeLock helps protect, monitor, and restore your identity. No one can monitor all transactions at all businesses, but you can save up to 25% off your first year at LifeLock.com. Promo code RISK. Ask Alexa to play the word Pittsburgh to hear us there.
4: We're on your Google Speaker 2, plus iHeart. Tune in and on radio.com 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh.
2: Tonight we'll see cloudy skies with a brief shower or two. Expect a low tonight of 41. Tomorrow, cloudy skies with a shower in places. Tomorrow's high 50 rain and drizzle tomorrow night with a low of 37. Friday we'll see a morning shower in spots. Otherwise, mostly cloudy skies prevail. Expect a high Friday of 50. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon.
1: I think that it's fair to say, when you think of a college frat house, you don't often think of generosity and compassion and kindness i mean you know in popular culture we think of frat houses you think of animal house or just you know excessive debauchery however i saw a story the other day about a woman her name is jesse hamilton and jesse hamilton worked as a frat house mother now i don't know if this even exists mother yeah this is a fairly common thing that there was you know for each frat house on campus there was generally a woman and she acted as the mom and now, what, essentially what era
3: are we talking about
1: well i mean the story that i'm reading from this jesse hamilton this goes back into the late 80s uh, up in through really? the 90s what right now i i did well, not that belong is not to any
3: of the fraternities I, never, I ever i ever really no
1: no i didn't belong to a fraternity when i was in college um it was you know it's, i was doing something a little different there in theater so we didn't we didn't have frat houses but this story of Jesse Hamilton, she worked as a cook at a frat house for more than 14 years, constant motion, preparing breakfast, lunch, and dinner for the members of Phi Gamma Delta. And she at was. At what that university? Louisiana State University, LSU. And I'm reading from this story, Andrew Frissetti, who's now 52 years old, and Jesse Hamilton was his frat house mom. Anyway as you would imagine, all those young men cycling through, some men stayed in touch. and this young man, Andrew Fusetti, 52, now a lawyer, reached out and said, "I've been thinking about you. how are you doing, Jesse?" She said, "I'm still working two jobs and I'm 76 years old." He was like, what are you doing?" He said, well, I, I took out a mortgage years ago and I I was because I was not making a lot of money at the Frat house, I had to do a 30 year mortgage. So during a pandemic, this young man or this man reached out to any number of his frat brothers over the years, and they raised more than $60,000 to pay off that mortgage and to provide a cushion, a little something for Jesse Hamilton. Isn't that fabulous?
3: So they bought it. They paid for her house.
1: They paid her mortgage off. Wow. Fabulous. Well,
3: I, I mean, that's, I can only imagine that's the least that they could do after all that she pro- potentially oh saved my. them from. Can
1: you imagine the work that you're doing for that? I mean, holy smokes. So God bless you I don't you know, though. It's good that you.
3: You, you read a story like that and you think, you know, there are a lot of people who helped me as I was growing up and very few of them have ever gotten a thank you from me.
1: Yeah, I, I you know, get that right, You yeah. know, a written
3: thank you, a public thank you. Very few of them have.
1: Right. And it's such a powerful thing. It's such an easy thing to do, isn't it?
3: Yeah. And so why don't I do it? what's wrong with you? Yeah, exactly.
1: I'm just, you know, just kidding.
3: No, I'll mean, I, i I'll, I'll take that criticism yeah. easily. It's accurate.
1: Wait, now I want to say one thing. My old high school English teacher, Grace Miller, she turned 80 last week and her <laughs> daughter, yeah, her daughter Leah reached out to me and said, Hey, would you record a little something 60 seconds? So she, her daughter Leah, she produced, um, I don't know, 15 or 16 people were able to reach out to Grace and say, Grace, you meant this to me. Oh, that's I want to fabulous. say thank you. So fabulous. Happy birthday, Grace Miller.
3: Oh, happy birthday, Grace Miller. Thank you for forming John, or at least doing your best. Helping,
1: (laughs) You did something for me. I know you did. You can only do so much. So Uh, it was raw materials, but I really appreciate you being there for
3: me. All right. We're going to step away. When we come back, uh, Dr. Karen Swallow Pryor will be up next. We'll talk about Beth Moore. Uh, Beth Moore left the Southern Baptist Convention about, I don't know, two months ago. But Karen says the Southern Baptist Church left women to fend for themselves first. That's next Wednesday edition. Right home. 101.5 WORD.
7: In today's world, the definition of family is changing. The traditional understanding of family is called outdated or even harmful. So, how do you make sure you're still following the biblical model in your home? And why is that so critical? Find out with John MacArthur this week. Join him for the fulfilled
2: family on Grace to You. Tomorrow morning at 7 on 101.5
5: WORD.
10: A heart attack? He was 47. What about Janice and the kids? Do they have life insurance?
11: No. Call Select Quote now and get the insurance your family needs at a price you can
4: afford. In minutes, SelectQuote found John, 45, in Excellent Health, a $500,000 policy for only $29 a month. And his wife, Anne, 43, in Excellent Health, a $500,000 policy for only $21 a month. At
11: Select Quote. We comparison shop some of the most trusted insurance companies in America to find you the best rate in minutes. And it's free. For your free quote, call 1-800-644-1331. That's 1-800-644-1331. Or go to selectquote.com. That's 1-800-644-1331. Select quote. We shop. You save.
4: Get full details on the example policies at selectquote.com commercials. Your premium could vary depending on your health, issuing company, and other factors. Not available in all states.
5: When the earth stands between you and a finished project, you need e Excavation. Whether you have to dig it, grade it, drain it, prep it, stabilize it, shape it, clear it, or dispose of it, e Excavation has over 100 years of combined experience and a fleet of heavy equipment to help you bend it to your will. They can handle any size project for your home or business, providing quality results, on time and on budget. For a free quote, visit ekexcavation.com. They'll move the earth for you at ekexcavation.com.
12: Just one mission, one call, to reach one more heart with the truth of the gospel. For in hope, we have been saved, and through hope, they can be saved too. Help Cornerstone TV pass on the hope of Jesus and reach one more life during our Bridge of Hope broadcast alongside Kenan Bridges, Mike Smalley, Real Talk Kim, and Michael Brown. Save the date for Bridge of Hope, April 12th through 16th, 8 p.m. on Cornerstone Television Network.
5: When it comes to your child's education, do you feel like you have a partner in your current school? Or is it more like you're on your own? As you look ahead to next year, now's a perfect time to consider a quality Christian education with a school who will be a true educational partner for you and your family. Many of our area's finest Christian schools are offering half price tuitions for first-time enrollees, like Robinson Township Christian School. Find a school that's right for you at wordfm.com tuitions.
1: The fact of the matter is that Southern Baptists have had a rough go of it. Recently. Yes, for sure. And one of those exclamation points within the Southern Baptist Convention is Beth Moore. Here to talk to us about Beth Moore is Karen Swallow-Prior. Karen Swallow-Prior is a research professor of English and Christianity and Culture at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. She's the author of, most recently, On Reading Well, Finding the Good Life Through Great Literature. She's also co-editor of Cultural Engagement, A Crash Course in Contemporary Issues, and has contributed to numerous other fine works as well. Karen, welcome back. How are you?
3: Good. Good afternoon. Good to be with you again. Good afternoon. Okay, Karen. So, you know, what John said is true. I think it's uh, safe to say the Southern Baptist Church is experiencing uh, a taste of the uh, angst and anguish that a lot of their um, true believers have experienced over the last, I don't know how many decades. Um, You have decided to stay in the Southern Baptist Church. Um, Other people, including Beth Moore, have decided to leave. So before we talk about Beth, let's talk about you. Um, Why did you decide to stay where you are? Well,
13: it wasn't even, you know, I guess I've never really considered uh, leaving, although I guess I guess we all maybe who are in the Convention have to at least um, consider the possibility. But for me, I've just been um, Baptist my whole life and Southern Baptist for 21 years um, because I believe in the doctrinal commitments. And it's in the past few years that we've seen some of those doctrinal commitments being um, sort of... Uh, put behind cultural and political considerations. So it definitely is a difficult time, but um, for me, you know, I, I choose a denomination based on the, the doctrinal convictions. And so um, mm-hmm. that's, that's why i I remain. That's
1: good. So we don't want to get uh, too inside the bottle here, but uh, can you talk to us about the controversy, I guess, first, initially, for those, uh, a lot of listeners might not know who Beth Moore is and exactly what she did and why.
13: Well, in, in the past few weeks, she made um, some headlines because she announced that she had parted ways um, from the convention. Now, of course, you can't really lead the convention because you actually have to be, a, you know, a member of a church that's part of the convention. But, um, but of course, Beth Moore, having been a um, very prominent um, Bible teacher um, and Bible study author um, and speaker, uh, and and and. Affiliated with Lifeway, which is the publishing arm of the Southern Baptist Convention, it was a you know a, a really a standing sort of partnership and affiliation. So, so for her to sever that sort of official tie was was pretty dramatic. Um, and in you know in her statements on Twitter and a follow-up article. Um, you know, she expressed that it was because of the way the second-order doctrine of complementarianism had kind of taken over in her um, mind and become a first-order doctrine, um, and the way that's played out, particularly in her life, she's written about, and um, and also, you know, we've all seen it on Twitter, just um, the kind of of attacks and misrepresentation and criticism um, that is, you know, even if there's disagreement, a lot of it. Most of it has not been done in a spirit of Christlike love. So, I, you know, I can't speak for her, but I certainly watched a lot of what she's gone through in the past few years and um, and understand why it would have been enough.
3: Yeah. Now, I don't know if you know this, Karen, but Beth has been a good friend of mine for a long time. Um, now, the sad thing is that I'm not a good friend of hers because we've never met. So it's a little bit of an unequal, unequal partnership. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, it's but, almost uh, stalking, quite yeah, honestly. Yeah, it's a little yeah, bit right. of stalking. It's, it's fine. I mean, I'm honest about who I am, Karen. You know that. very healthy. Um, but uh, but I, uh, you know, I've i done a lot of, of best studies over the years. And um, in a lot of ways, my Christian formation has been... Um, has been you know, changed and altered because of what I've learned from her example. And I love Beth and she's not perfect. Um, none of us ever expected that she would be, but I think she's honest. And I have really appreciated her witness for Jesus on Twitter um, in a way that is uh, winsome, um, and yet serious. And I think it kind of gives us a little window and, you know, all of us who were on Twitter and so ha- have watched that evolution in her life. And so I don't think any of us were surprised when she decided to leave, but so let's take, you know, Beth, um, as a, as an example of a person who has been, um, a female teaching inside the church for decades. Uh, let's take you as the other example, Karen, of someone who was pursuing, um, was pursuing advanced degrees in in the secular academy um, at around the same time. Um, so, talk about you know what your trajectory was like and how you looked at what she was doing.
13: Yeah, this is you know this is actually the the what I wrote about in my most recent column at Religion News Service um, is just the way that our lives, um, both as Christians and very active in the church, were on sort of parallel tracks that never really met because she was so focused on, you know, Bible study and women's Bible studies, and I was really steering away from those and pursuing, you know, I was a Christian, but I was in the secular academy. Um, And I think both of, I think what we both shared in common in some ways was a lack of, or whether it was our sense of it or if it really was a lack of sort of institutional support Um, authoritative support for what we were doing from the whole body. Um, So she was sort of in a, you know, pardon the word, but a ghetto of of women's Bible studies. And I was often in a a ghetto of the secular academy, um, trying to be a Christian, um, but not really integrated into the life of the, of the church with my, you know, with, with my secular um, study. And over the past few years, I, in large part, I think because of social media, which is a good gift of it, you know, our, our world and those of many others have kind of um, come together. That's what social media does. It brings people together. And um, and now I'm teaching in a seminary. Um, and uh, so I'm, I'm using, you know, teaching my discipline. I'm using the discipline that I studied in, uh, you know, a state school for the service of the church and hopefully going to be able to, Teach the future Beth Moore in a seminary context, yeah. um, so that they can do what she did, um, but in a more integrated way. Because hopefully, the church will see the need for women to serve and lead um, in ways that are are woven into the fabric of
3: right. Of, and that and that's the, the crux church. of it. Right, Karen, that's the crux of it is whether the church is going to be welcoming and not just welcoming, but encouraging women to explore their gifts. And, you know, I think that gets um, at the heart of. A lot that you and I have talked about with with John over the years here on the show, but also what Beth's written about is the fact that regardless, you know, we're talking about the doctrine of complementarianism, which is, you know, that men and women are created differently and have different roles. You know, Beth was always submitted to that doctrine, as I know you were, Karen, as I was. Um, and so but but a doctrine can be twisted easily. And that's what we've seen over the years. Why don't you talk a little bit about that? I don't know if you've seen that. We can, you can talk about your own life or what best revealed on Twitter or, you know, any combination. Sure. Of those. sure. Yeah. I mean,
13: I, I've grown up always um, being taught and understanding that um, the role uh, of pastor and preaching was uh, a male role. I believe you know, that there are passages in the Bible that, that support that and, and make it, um, Clear with a plain reading, um, and I—it's something that I still do believe. Um, but somehow, in you know, I had never even heard of the word complimentary until a few years ago. Um, that just seems to bring with it, uh, from some quarters, a whole kind of different set of applications and practices that were completely foreign to me. And and there are even terms that are used to describe the, you know, like broad or narrow complementarian, hard or soft complementarian. So I think it's just a word that really is not that well-defined at this moment, and that's why it, it needs to have so many descriptors. Um, so I think, it, you know, for me, I just want to um, support sort of the traditional historic orthodox teaching about um the the equal but different roles of men and women in the church and the home um Mm -hmm. and i think this conversation is very valuable and maybe helping us to get back to that um the essence of that principle apart from all of this cultural and political stuff that we've seen Mm -hmm. developing really over the just the past few years
1: yes and and there's the rub right yeah I mean, it gets so ugly, and you and Beth, you know, have been victims of this. You've just been piled upon from one person after another. I mean, I can't imagine being in your shoes and opening up your online accounts and just being smashed <laughs> daily.
13: Well, that's the that's the irony, isn't it? Is that those you know that we we live and operate in a world where we believe that men are supposed to lead in a different and distinct way, and and that includes also protecting women, <laughs> um, but yet. Uh, the, the, those who who argue for that the most fiercely are have often been the ones
3: who've not protected the women who are being attacked. So. <laughs> Okay, so that's that that's the crux of the issue. Right. And that that's what really brought, you know, Beth into a a new level of notoriety when she wrote that public letter a couple of years ago when she said, look, I believe for decades, the complementarianism was was a well-established doctrine that was biblically based that people were holding to because it was scriptural. And she said, what Mm -hmm. I've come to believe, what I've come. No, that's not true. What I've come to experience is that a Mm -hmm. lot of people, especially men who talk about it, are actually Mm -hmm. living it, not because it's a theological doctrine and because of allegiance to Christ, but because of some desire to minimize or mock women. That's
13: the question that we're facing. I mean, I'm not going to say that's true of of all or even most um, men who hold to the the doctrine, but it's certainly the fact that, you know, that's the that's the moment of self-examination that i think is the duty and obligation of all who hold to you know who hold profess that belief they need to ask is this is this what it's about and that's a hard question to ask but this is a time when i think we're all being required to ask a lot of questions about ourselves and examine ourselves because the the cultural tides are, are shifting under our feet um and and there's some good that's coming with that there's some some walls that have been erected that shouldn't have been, and they need to be torn down. But there are also, there's confusion and chaos. And so this is a time when we need to really ask ourselves these questions. And if we're not, it's still going to come out in the end anyway, because I think even in the pain of all of this, I think the Lord is just revealing a lot. Um, He's stripping away some veneers, and we're seeing some ugly truths underneath, but they're ones that, you know, I'd rather see than, than not know that they're there.
1: Into that, I mean, the the irony is, of course, from an outsider secular perspective, this conversation and then the deeper threads into, you know, uh, the worthiness of women. I mean, it's it sounds like Crazy Town.
13: Well, I think Christians will always sound like crazy town uh, when it comes down to our you know beliefs in in uh, uh, God who became man and came to earth and died yeah, and rose again for us. Um, but that's what needs to sound crazy, not often. Awesome. yeah,
3: that's for sure. I'm into that. Yeah, that's real that you've made a, such an important distinction there, Karen. Yeah. But you know, let let's let the gospel stand on its own. Let's not all of a sudden pile on all of our own personal issues, right? And lump that together so that the world thinks that it's one big blob. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Well, in the meantime, Karen, you know, as we follow you and you're very active on social media, and of course we would uh, await the the return of Beth Moore as well. We appreciate the evenness and the yes, headedness, even though we know that you suffer the slings and arrows daily.
13: Well, thank you, and you know it really is all um, Christ and the Holy Spirit in me, and it's, it's He's just doing amazing things in my life, and I'm seeing in the church, and so that's you know that's that's what keeps me steady and holding on, and I'm I'm so thankful and 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 also just the church the church itself too right my own my own church and so many other church communities um we we always hear the bad news and and hear you know the the aberrations but um the church continues to do so much good in the world and in the lives of people um that i think it's worth fighting
3: for yeah well walk on karen we're right here behind you supporting you we love you
13: thank you love you guys too
1: We'll step away for a few minutes. Uh, We're getting underway. Uh, Hour one of The Ride Home with John and Kathy. Hour two coming up in just a bit. Stick around.
11: Hi, break time? I know you. I'm Cologuard, a prescription colon cancer screening option for people 45 plus at average risk. It seems like you take care of yourself.
6: I do. I play tennis. Try to eat well. What about
11: screening for colon cancer? Not yet. Don't wait. Colon cancer is more treatable when it's caught in early stages. Tell me more. Cologuard is non-invasive and is used at home. It detects altered DNA in your stool to find 92% of colon cancers. 92%? Yep. Even those in early stages.
10: This was seen in a clinical study with patients 50 and older. Any positive results should be followed by a diagnostic colonoscopy. False positive and negative results may occur. Coligard is not a replacement for colonoscopy in high-risk patients. Do not use if you have had adenomas, have inflammatory bowel disease and certain hereditary syndromes, or a personal or family history of colon cancer.
11: Most insured patients pay $0. Ask your provider or an online prescriber if Coligard is right for you. Or visit requestcoligard.com.
10: I'm on it. Excellent. If you're in HR, you're probably wearing a lot of hats. Recruiter, team builder, trainer, mediator, policymaker, and of course
1: Robinson Township Christian School celebrates a 40-year legacy of producing college-bound, lifelong learners whose lives are marked by wisdom, knowledge, and a compassion for others. At the airport area's only K-12 Classical Christian School, students grow to love learning, think deeply, and communicate effectively from a biblical foundation. Robinson Township Christian School, now enrolling preschool through 12th grade at rtcsonline.org.
5: When the earth stands between you and a finished project, you need E&K Excavation. Whether you have to dig it, grade it, drain it, prep it, stabilize it, shape it, clear it, or dispose of it, E&K Excavation has over 100 years of combined experience and a fleet of heavy equipment to help you bend it to your will. They can handle any size project for your home or business, providing quality results on time and on budget. For a free quote, visit EKExcavation.com. They'll move the earth for you at EKExcavation.com.
1: Time to time, you come across the stories still of the members of the greatest generation, those men and women who served and won World War II. Well, Ray Lambert passed away yesterday. Ray Lambert, a much decorated former Army medic, he was on the first wave along with a small group of medics who got off those landers and started to make their way onto Omaha Beach. Now, in reading about Ray Lambert today, He said that as he started to get off the carrier, these these ramps come down. Mm -hmm. And so he wades into the water. Other of these carriers come on top of them. They open the ramps on top of Ray Lambert's head. And he dives down into the water where the Germans had placed barbed wire and bombs. So there he is drowning. He just gets off the carrier.
3: He hasn't even made it anywhere close to the beach yet.
1: He extracts himself from barbed wire and bombs. Then he's caring for men who are mortally shot in the water as they're making their way out of the water into Omaha Beach. He finds a small piece of concrete that was left behind by the Germans. He huddles behind that and then over hours leaves the concrete protection, grabs someone who's wounded, drags him back, helps to you know sustain his wounds. In the meantime, he, Ray Lambert, broke his back and was shot three separate times. Here's the thing. Ray Lambert, like a lot of men in that generation, decades went by until he spoke about it. Decades. Finally, he's an old man. He goes back to Normandy for the 75th anniversary of Normandy, and he starts to speak about it. The last Mm -hmm. time he was in Normandy, Ray Lambert, was 2019, where President Trump praised him effusively and told his story so beautifully. So the passing of another one of those rare and incredible men of that greatest generation. Ray Lambert passing away at the age of 100 as he storms Normandy beach as a young man.
3: So when he went back, the, the bit of cement he hid behind.
1: Yep. They called it Ray's rock. It's still Still there. there. It's still there as a Testament, right? You never know, I believe, and I'm sure Ray Lambert would agree with this, until you're faced with the, those situations. What how you, you are will capable respond, of
3: doing, and how you respond. Right,
1: and there he responded in such a heroic way. So God bless Ray Lambert.
3: Rest in peace.
4: We are everywhere. On your radio at 101.5 WORD FM, Pittsburgh, at wordfm.com, the Word FM mobile app by heart. Tune in and at radio.com.
7: With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. President Biden says the U.S. has been in
1: Afghanistan long enough, saying he's going to bring all U.S. troops home from that country at the 20 year mark of the September 11th terrorist attack, saying that. The original threat there from the Taliban and al-Qaeda has actually spread to other parts of the world.
8: Al-Shabaab in Somalia, al-Qaeda in the Arabian Peninsula, al-Nusra in Syria, ISIS attempting to create a caliphate in Syria and Iraq and establishing affiliates in multiple countries in Africa and Asia.
1: And the president planning a trip today to Arlington National Cemetery on the heels of those remarks. The mother of a 16-year-old boy who was shot and killed by a Maryland state police trooper says her son was an awesome young man. Christy Boyle said in a brief phone interview that her family planned to release a statement through an attorney about the shooting earlier this week. This is SRN News.
6: My best friend is blessed with three kids and a big house. All the kids have their own rooms, but recently life in that big old house has been different. In an effort to solve kid boredom, my friend bought one of those massive blue tarps and created a full-room tent in the spare bedroom. They put each of the kids' mattresses under the tent in the shape of a tee. And every night, for now five weeks, the kids have slept with their heads feet apart instead of rooms apart. He says they've never been closer. It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage. And when I see a home, I can't help but see interest rates, escrows, and trying to help listeners pay the least amount possible. But for me, that story was a needed reminder that it doesn't matter whether our homes are big or small. It only matters whether we're willing to enjoy the little things that God gave us today, like a tarp tent. If you happen to be looking for a new place to put up a tarp of your own, we are United Faith Mortgage.
0: We pay your appraisal
3: fees up to $500.
6: United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330, Department of Banking, Mortgage Lender License
5: number 22672. At Eden Christian Academy, hope is rising. Hope that is secure in God that builds faith and inspires a love that can't be stopped. Eden is where parents find hope in a true educational partner, where students see faith woven into every subject, and where teachers model the love of Christ to every child from pre-K through 12th grade. Schedule a personal tour at any of their three North Hills campuses and witness the hope, faith, and love that Eden can offer your child at EdenChristianAcademy.org.
1: It's finally time to replace that old leaky roof. Or how about some new siding? You can count on Windows or Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows or Us offers repair and replacement for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, windows, entry doors, even decks. A leaky roof left unfixed can lead to mold and mildew. Maybe you've lost siding during the recent windstorms. Don't put those repairs off. Windows or Us offers 12 months, no interest financing, and no processing fee through Dollar Bank. Want new factory direct replacement windows for your home or office? Choose from 100% vinyl, commercial aluminum, wood, and composite. And how would you like to never clean your gutters again? For a limited time, get a free gutter filter with the purchase of complete siding or roof replacement, offer valid through June 30th, all with 12 months, no interest, no processing fee, and backed by the best warranty in the industry. Schedule your free estimate and inspection today at WindowsRusPittsburgh.com. That is windowsrspittsburgh.com. It's easy and profitable to be kind to others
5: when you enter the kindness challenge. Each day for 30 days, we'll post a new act of kindness you can do for others. On May 3rd, you could win $12,000 towards a new vehicle for you and another $12,000 for a hometown hero. See terms and conditions for complete details. You can make a difference in others' lives when you enter the kindness challenge. Share your kindness with others. Enter today at wordfm.com.
2: Tonight, we'll see cloudy skies with a brief shower or two. Expect a low tonight of 41. Tomorrow, cloudy skies with a shower in places. Tomorrow's high 50. Rain and drizzle tomorrow night with a low of 37. Friday, we'll see a morning shower in spots. Otherwise, mostly cloudy skies prevail. Expect a high Friday of 50. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh
1: studios. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Good afternoon. Thanks for coming along today. It's the Wednesday edition of The Ride Home. Hope that uh, wherever you are right now, you're feeling good about things, and springtime's upon us, right? Kath, good to see you as well from the spare room. Thank you so much.
3: The spare room edition of The Ride Home continues.
1: So uh, um, I'm reading about... uh, women in the workforce. we were just talking about uh, to Karen Swallow prior about complementarianism Mm -hmm. and uh, everyone, you know, well, you know, has an assigned role, right? Uh, This is how things work or this is how things used to work in the world. Well, during the pandemic, uh, this article I'm reading in the Wall Street Journal, a brutal year of layoffs, parenting struggles and juggling jobs and schooling under one roof. Many working moms are now trying to regain their career momentum and hitting new obstacles. Some moms are finding it difficult to land jobs with the same level of status and pay that they had before. Others, bruised by pandemic childhood uh, child care disruptions, say they need jobs that offer greater flexibility going forward. Hundreds of thousands of women, parents, who have thrown up their hands, they have exited the labor force for now, between February of 2020 and March of 2021, nearly 1.1 million women of prime working age, between the ages of 25 and 54, dropped out of the labor force.
3: Wow. Because somebody had to do it. You know, when when school was canceled and kids were home, somebody had to step in and be home with the kids and help the kids log on and go to class and do their assignments and all those sorts of things. And in some cases, it was the dad in the family. Well, you know? it's funny
1: you say this because from the same article, pandemic career sacrifices fell mostly on mothers rather than farmers, fathers. One in.
3: Or farmers. <laughs>
1: <laughs> if you're a farmer, kids, you're going to wake it's up at five and it's get out real.
3: there. Double duty. One
1: in four women surveyed last summer by McKinsey and Company said they were considering downshifting their careers or dropping out of the workforce. One in three women between the ages of 25 and 44 who were not working cited child care demands as the reason they could not go back into the workforce again.
3: Sure. Especially after a year that is as emotionally taxing as this one has been. You know, I have a ton of friends, John, who have little kids, you know, between the ages, I would say, let's say kindergarten and eighth grade. And it's not just been, you know, figuring out how to get their kid up when they're not really going, you know, going to school um, to figuring out how to deal with, you know, issues with with teachers and, you know, technological technological disruptions, Um, you know, like my Internet keeps going out or every time we get two thirds of the way through that class, the teacher blinks out to getting their kid motivated to study for their spelling test to just the emotional angst of kids being trapped at home. And. And because you you add all that together, man, you've got a really hard situation for a lot of women who don't even have the emotional capacity to think about going back to work But need to financially.
1: And at the same time, just trying to pay your bills. I mean, holy smokes. So- God bless all those women. I, I, I don't I know. know what it's going to look like here in the next, you know, five or six months. You know, everyone's saying, oh, we're going to have a big recovery and things are going to ramp up again. That might still leave a lot of working moms behind.
3: Sure, sure. And what about, John, that flexibility that COVID has mandated so that people who often or families who often have a mom and a dad working from home have had to morph their roles, Right. So maybe there was a dad who, you know, would go to work in the morning and really didn't contact anything about home until he got home at, you know, sometime in the evening. Right now, dad's home all the time. So now when dad goes down to the kitchen, well, why don't you run the dishwasher? You know, Nina, why don't you, you you know, while while you're doing that, would you take the garbage out? Like, and everybody's doing that, right? Everybody has done that for a year. Have you, have you and your wife and kids had to morph roles?
1: Um, not particularly because I've been home and my wife, she runs a a small business. She's been at work. She really has not been at home much. So, you know, those were uh, the, the weird thing is generally both of us were gone during the day. Now I'm home. My kids, of course, were home. My kids were older, but they still were home. Um, we've made it work. And I'm so, so grateful for the ability yeah. that we're really, really grateful that we were able to make it work. Kudos to, uh, to management and for Salem, for all of us to, to be here all this time. But I can't imagine, especially having little kids, oh you gosh, know, little kids, how difficult that must be. Because here's the thing. You wanted your kids to be on screen to go to school. But at the same time, you didn't want your kids to be on the screen because 24-7, who wants your kids on, you know, all know. the other junk that they're on? And fighting that battle, that cycle every day—I can't imagine.
3: I'm married to a teacher, um, and so you know, watching him go in and out of you know teaching from home, and then going back in, and then you know there might be you know a couple cases in school, and so they'd have to be back out for a week. You know, what I mean, you can this—you can't understand the stress on teachers unless you are one or you live with to, one. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. just what what they have gone through this year, just trying to be effective in their jobs, to care for kids, um, to keep curriculum moving forward and learning happening. I mean, it's just been, I don't know, it's been something that I could never have imagined.
1: Heaven help us. So uh, the good news is, right, that uh, people are getting back to some sort of normalcy here. Let's hope that that continues on. And uh, by, you know, early summer, we're good to go, right? Good to go.
3: Good, please bring it.
1: All right, well, we'll take a quick break. Uh, Jay Werner Wallace is with us.
3: Yeah, because some people tend to feel weird when they talk about their Christian worldview, you know, with people who are outside the church. They think, well, maybe I feel a little guilty, or maybe I feel like it's so out of step.
1: Karen Swallow Pryor just talked about it. It is kind of weird, but, you know, we're going to talk about how to feel good about it.
4: 101.5 WORD. In times when
1: political correctness is required, the claims of Jesus sound shocking. Chuck Swindoll. Jesus is the way and the truth and the life. Without the way there is no going.
8: Without the truth there is no knowing. Without the life there's no living.
1: That's narrow,
9: but that's the truth. Be sure to listen when Chuck Swindoll relays the unfiltered
2: truth from Jesus. Weekdays on Insight for Living. Tomorrow morning at 8 on 101.5 WORD.
10: I struggled with symptoms like frequent gas and stomach pain for years.
5: I was bloated all the time with daily diarrhea.
10: At first, I thought it was what I was eating.
5: I kept thinking it was stomach issues.
10: So I did my research and talked to my doctor, and we finally uncovered the truth. It It was was
5: actually actually EPI. Exocrine pancreatic insufficiency, or EPI, is a condition where your pancreas is unable to help break down your food.
10: It can lead to symptoms like diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, unexplained weight loss, and oily stools.
5: And EPI symptoms can be confused with those of other common digestive conditions, like irritable bowel syndrome, Crohn's, and celiac disease.
10: So getting to the right diagnosis meant being more open with my doctor about the severity of my symptoms and how often they were happening.
5: But there's good news. EPI is manageable, so don't wait any longer. Use the symptom checker at identifyepi.com and schedule a visit or call with your doctor to ask, Could I I have have EPI? EPI? sponsored by AbbVie. Are you in high school and thinking about your future or know someone who is? Consider Geneva College. Geneva is a Christian college that prepares students for meaningful service in the world. Geneva has over 145 majors and programs, 19 varsity sports, 100 study abroad programs, and lots of club activities. Geneva has scholarships and grants to make it affordable, too. Find out more yourself. You can visit Geneva in person or online. To find out more, go to Geneva.edu slash visit. That's
11: Geneva.edu We've all been thinking a lot lately about the air we breathe. QDOT
5: has been thinking about it for over 100 years, providing big HVAC solutions for the commercial industry, including healthcare, where air quality is paramount. Does your home deserve any less? For affordable solutions, including their new bipolar ionizer, which may eliminate up to 99.4% of airborne viruses, including SARS-CoV-2. Breathe easier with QDOT. Call 412-366-6200 or visit q-dot.com.
1: I think it's fair to say that the Gulf or the gap between the world and the world in Christ has always been a very large gap, and you know, but it, increasingly so, especially now in the world that we live in, in the modern 21st century, it feels as though it's just massive. Why? And because because massive...
3: social media conversations that are... yeah, happen, I just or... think. Things separate or?
1: us. And so, you know, we're being fed one thing on our screens. Of course, we're all dutifully following along. We're being, you know, we're following that world and want to be part of that because that's fun and exciting. And, you know, there's a lot of attraction there. At the same time, you're following Jesus and the world is not necessarily the place you want to be. Not not, not truly, you don't want to be there. So I think what that turns into is that if you're a believer and you take your faith seriously, you tend to apologize or you tend Mm. to feel bad about or minimize your faith in some way because, you know, like our last guest we talked about with Karen Swallow Pryor, a lot of it can be considered crazy town. Right. But it's not crazy town. It's incredibly beautiful and deep and powerful. So we should embrace that and lift it up and work that into our lives so that we're there more often. Jay Warner Wallace is with us. Jim has been a regular guest on our show for years. Jay Warner Wallace is a Dateline-featured cold-case detective, senior fellow at the Colson Center for Christian Worldview, adjunct professor of apologetics at Biola University. He is the author of Cold Case Christianity, God's Crime Scene, Forensic Faith, Creator of the Casemakers Academy for Kids, and many more other titles, especially on this really strong website. We'll talk about that as well. But, Jim, welcome back. Uh, You talked about this in a recent Cold Case Christianity post. Three good reasons to celebrate your Christian worldview.
9: Yeah, I think this is something we should be positive, right? I mean, there's so many times – how often do you find yourself just having a, kind of an old man view? I do anyway, right? I'm getting older and I'm thinking it's almost like, you know, get off my lawn. You're just shaking your fist constantly at the world around you. And so I think sometimes it's just important for us to take a – instead of taking a negative, what's wrong with the world? What's right with how we see the world? I mean, sometimes you can just focus and bask in that, right? Just ignore the noise and think about what is positive about our worldview.
1: Absolutely. That's, yeah. really, that's really good, uh, and I love that, because like, I'm like you, Jim. More often than not, I'll feed on the negative and forget about why I'm here in the first place, the powerful part of that. So let's talk about that. Can you dive into that? You know, In the piece that you wrote, of course, you're highlighting three things. Take one that's near and dear to you and, and you know, give us that.
9: Well, what I like to say is that the, 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 what's great about Scripture, uh, Christian Scripture, describes the world the way it really is. Now, I know a lot of people think that's, mm-hmm. that's crazy, right, because you don't necessarily see it as, um, you know, it's, it's full of a first century um, narrative involving the life of Jesus, and it, it seems sometimes like it's pretty far away from the world we're living in today. But it describes the nature of humans, right? The nature of evil. It, it, look, it, it describes the nature of the universe. If you look at the universe around us right now, there are good good reasons to believe that the Bible describes a God who has created this universe, because we have a universe that had a beginning. Science tells us that. It appears to be fine-tuned for life. Scientists um, are kind of scratching their head about that. I mean, some try to deny the fine tuning of the universe, try to explain it some other way. Like, why is it that we happen to be in the universe that has a beginning and anything that has a beginning requires a beginner and whatever began the universe has to be outside of space, time and matter, because the science is telling us that the universe marks the beginning of space, time and matter. So we're already kind of starting to, to circle back around to our, to our cause, but it seems to be accurately described on the pages of Scripture, Christian scripture. We also see that, you know, we're living in a universe that that has biological organisms that emerged from non-living matter. That, that, tell me how that happened. Let's let science try to tell you how that happened. We we actually have a worldview in scripture that tells us how that happened and why they even display the appearance of design, because designers typically create things that display the appearance of designers. Um, you know, this is if you're even thinking about what we're talking about today, you're using your consciousness, you're using your mind, which is really a problem for physicalists who believe that the entire universe is just created from you know matter. Uh, space-time, uh, matter, uh, uh, chemistry, physics. These are the forces that govern the universe. So if that's the case, how do we get immaterial things, immaterial realities like mind? You might have a brain, but, but most of these atheists who are trying to examine the universe would, would argue that your mind is an illusion. Look, there's lots of features of the universe that are best explained from a Christian worldview. In other words, our worldview, our scripture, accurately accounts for the features that we see in the universe, right? I mean, so this is what we've got to stop shrinking away from um, – look, there's a big gap in understanding in a, an atheistic worldview, and, and most of the time when you ask people, like, how do you explain the beginning of the universe, the fine-tuning the universe, the appearance of life, the appearance of design and biology, they're going to say things like, we don't know yet, but design, but they, mm-hmm. they, they trust that science will someday tell us Look, that's that's as much a, a, a science of the gaps approach as they would argue when we say, well, someday God will tell us, and they wouldn't allow us to do that. And I think we have to say, we would. There's no point in allowing you to do the other. I mean, we have to kind of make a decision based on the information we have today. And given the information we have today, I think that God still is the best explanation for the features of the universe that we all experience, that we all scratch our heads about.
3: This is Jay Werner Wallace Dateline featured cold case detective senior fellow at the Colson Center and author we'll talk about more of his publications um, before he leaves the air with us. Uh, Jim what about the overall I mean what you're saying is sensible. It's reasonable. Um, But there's, I meet so many people who feel as if the Christian perspective can't compete in the public square that they, uh, I don't know, they feel like they're not smart enough, or, or they, they, they believe it, but they don't think they could convince anyone else of it. And so therefore, I think, you know, Christians kind of gravitate towards these little hovels, right? You know, the, the silos that we all talk about. And so, you know, we become further and further away from the unbelieving world when we should be doing the opposite, doing more reaching out, being more confident in what we've come to know. Um, speak to that.
9: Well, that's. I think that uh, that you hit it right on the head. Dude. That's very true, and, and I'm sad about that because I, I I didn't come become a Christian that way. But I was 35 when I first began looking at this, and so I I, I didn't wasn't raised in the system. I don't take it for granted. I, I needed to know is this true, and is there a good reason to believe it's true before I step in. And I don't know that all of us come in that way. Right? A lot of us just come in because we were raised in the system. Our parents were Christians. We've had an experience that we, we think is best explained by, by some form of Christianity or some form of – but we haven't really read the scripture. We haven't read our Bible. We're not really biblically literate. We haven't looked at the, at the evidence surrounding the resurrection. Remember, we believe as Christians, we put our trust in not just in a set of Proverbs from some ancient sage like you know, the Baha'u'llah and then the Baha'i faith. Instead, our trust is in a, a, a fact of, of of history, a claim in history, the resurrection, if that didn't occur, then all of this is for nothing, right? This is all just a, a comic, comical. So, so, mm-hmm. the, so the reality is we have a, a, a worldview that we could test historically because it's grounded in a historical event. But most of us, um, just being honest with you, we haven't done that. We haven't stopped to think about, well, how do I test that something has happened in history. Like, what, 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 what approach do historians take? What approach do cold detectives take? What approach does anyone take when trying to look at a claim in history? This is not how we've ever thought about our faith. And that is shame on us, because that is not how the first Christians um, processed this. That's not how the disciples talked about Christianity. They talked about it because they said, we are eyewitnesses. And even Jesus said, hey, blessed are those, Thomas, who are not eyewitnesses like you and all these guys mm-hmm. in our room. But they're going to learn about me through your eyewitness testimony. But again, how do we learn about? It? Because we have to look at that's the eyewitness testimony of Thomas and of Paul and of Peter. And most of us don't even think about the book of Acts as an eyewitness account. We think of it almost like you know, okay, this is like this is the kind of thing. You, it's in a different category. You know, you don't look at your religious claims in the same category that you look at claims about the history of your state or the history of your own family. But of course, you do because this is the way they looked at these claims. This happened in history. Let me tell you about it. You never see, for example, in the book of uh, pages of the book of Acts, the disciples saying, "Let me tell you how my life was changed by Jesus." Now that's typically what we do, right? Let me tell you my life. Well, they're going to say, well, my life was changed by Oprah. My life was changed by um, becoming a vegetarian. There's lots of things that can change your life. It, doesn't, it just makes them true for me. It may not be true for you, but that's not the way the apostles approached it. They said, hey, we saw this thing, whether we liked it or not. We saw this. You cannot deny it now right? because it happened. That's an objective claim.
1: That's good. Jay Werner Wallace is with us from Cold Case Christianity. Look online, ColdcaseChristianity.com. So to celebrate these th- these three reasons for a Christian worldview, the Christian worldview describes the world accurately. You've talked about that. The Christian worldview holds up to scrutiny. The Christian worldview for the big thing, right? It provides a solution to the problems of the world.
9: No, yeah. This is the remember, there's only three things worldviews do. They they basically should, number one, what's wrong with the world? You know, How do we get here, number one? How, how do we even arrive on planet Earth? Two, what, what went wrong? Why? What's the problem we're trying to solve? And three, how do we fix this mess? That's what worldviews do. They give you answers to those three questions. And the Christian worldview describes it quite clearly. We are created in the image of God, capable of great beauty, but we are rebellious, fallen creatures who tend to rebel against God. The problem is we are separated from God by our sin. What is the solution for that? Well, it's what Jesus did because you – If you're separated from a perfect, moral, loving God, you you have to be perfectly – a perfect moral creature in order to be united to that. We're never going to be perfect. I can be good on it. Some days I'm actually pretty good, but I'm never perfect, and that's the problem. How do you solve that gap from good to perfect? Well, that is in the person of Jesus, right? That's the one perfect man, God incarnate, who lived the perfect life and then paid the penalty that we deserved for our sin. There's the solution to the problem. If you think the problem is a system, if you need to restore a system to solve, for example, racism, you're you're misunderstanding the problem. The problem is not systemic because we will corrupt any system. The problem is us. It's a heart issue we have, Mm -hmm. and the only solution there is not a new system. We'll just corrupt the new system. It is in the salvation that's offered through Jesus.
3: That's Jim Wallace. Uh, Jim's the author of a whole bunch of books, including Cold Case Christianity, God's Crime Scene, Forensic Faith, and creator of the Casemakers Academy for Kids. Okay. Last question for you, Jim. Um, So people who hear this and they're like, okay, so, you know, I need to, I need to be more willing to talk about my worldview. Um, I think attitude also plays into this, right? So if someone comes out and starts preaching their worldview at you and, you know, it's like arrogant and haughty and annoying that's not going to make a whole lot of converts right so there has to be some kind of you know uh yes exactly that's a perfect word humility involved
9: yeah, there's no doubt about that. We have, we have to kind of live this worldview first, but but again, if all we did was live the worldview, but never open our mouth to describe what it is that got us here, all and anyone can do this. I mean, let's face it, the people who are going to outperform you as Christians are probably your Mormon neighbors, but that does not make yeah. Mormonism true. So what we have to do is to do both of these things. We have to study to be approved, and that's where I think we could do the most heavy lifting. Most of us are not prepared to answer even the smallest claim against us online, and then we'll be become defensive. It's a fight or flight. Can't actually answer this calmly because I don't know how to answer it. So right away, I just get hysterical about it. And I see this all the time online. So if nothing else, you could be less hysterical if you took the time to study why it is you believe something is true. And that's where I think that's a start.
11: Less
1: hysterical. That's less hysterical. Good. Yeah, yeah, we could have t-shirts
3: know. made. Less yeah, hysterical. hysterical.
1: Less hysterical. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Jesus loves me. Jim Wallace from Cold Case (laughs) Christianity. Hey, Jim, uh, take a minute here and talk to us about Cold Case Christianity. It is a singularly unique ministry.
9: Well, we're trying to to figure out a way to help move people forward in this idea of can you study this to be true? Can Can you make a case for this evidentially? And is this ever part of the Christian worldview to begin with? And I think it is. Jesus said it himself. You don't believe what I'm telling you. At least believe on the evidence of the miracles I've worked in front of you. And then he works miracles for John the Baptist's disciples when John is having doubts. He doesn't say to those guys, hey, just tell John he needs to go back and pray more about this, or he needs to lean in harder, or he needs to have more faith. No, he works three miracles in front of John's disciples and says, go back and tell John what you just saw. Well, that's what we're trying to do with our website, right? We're trying to tell the world about what we know is true based on the evidence, historical evidence, scientific evidence. I mean, you can make a case for God from the universe, just from the science of all those areas we talked about. That's what we're trying to do at that website.
3: All right. That's Jay Werner Wallace, God's you, Crime Scene, Forensic Faith, Cold Case Christianity. Jim, always a pleasure to hear your voice, my friend.
1: Thanks so much for having me, guys. Have a great yeah. weekend. Yeah, you too. Well. Take a break. Come back. Does this make
12: sense? Probably not. That's coming up next. Probably What can give you a competitive edge in today's red-hot housing market? Rocket can. That's because Rocket Mortgage can give you a verified approval. It could help your offer stand out because when you find the perfect home, you don't want to lose it to anybody else. Rocket technology provides a rock-solid verification of your income, assets, and credit, giving sellers and their agents greater confidence in you. We've already helped over 1 million clients just like you reach their home financing goals this year alone. So remember this, what can help you buy the home you really want? Rocket can. Go to RocketMortgage.com or call us today at 8338-ROCKET. That's RocketMortgage.com or call 8338-ROCKET. Rocket.
2: A verified approval is based on an underwriter's analysis of your individual financial information appraisal and title report. Call for cost information and conditions equal housing lender licensed in all 50 states at MLSConsumerAccess.org number 3030.
5: When the earth stands between you and a finished project, you need E&K Excavation. Whether you have to dig it, grade it, drain it, prep it, stabilize it, shape it, clear it, or dispose of it, E&K Excavation has over 100 years of combined experience and a fleet of heavy equipment to help you bend it to your will. They can handle any size project for your home for business providing quality results on time and on budget. For a free quote, visit ekexcavation.com. They'll move the earth for you at
11: ekexcavation.com. If you owe back taxes, there's a lot you need to know, starting with rule number one. Don't mess with the IRS. They are cracking down this year by sending out heart-stopping letters, actively garnishing paychecks, levying bank accounts, and putting liens on homes and businesses. That's all true, but it's also true there's a way out. It's called the Fresh Start Initiative an important government program for tax debt assistance. It's one of the biggest breaks the IRS has ever offered, so now's the time. You could qualify for tax relief that saves you thousands, even tens of thousands. Nobody knows this program like the award-winning experts at Optima Tax Relief. They have an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau and will fight to get you the best deal possible. Don't mess with the IRS. For tax help you need, for tax help you can trust, call Optima now for a free consultation. Call 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. Optima Tax Relief. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. You could win $12,000
5: towards a new vehicle for you and another $12,000 for a hometown hero. When you enter the Kindness Challenge, go to wordfm.com to enter the Kindness Challenge today. That's wordfm.com.
4: 101.5 W O R D F M Pittsburgh on your smart speaker by saying, "Play the Word Pittsburgh," and on your phone via the Word FM mobile app, iHeartTuneIn, and at radio.com.
2: Tonight, we'll see cloudy skies with a brief shower or two. Expect a low tonight of 41. Tomorrow, cloudy skies with a shower in places. Tomorrow's high 50. Rain and drizzle tomorrow night with a low of 37. Friday, we'll see a morning shower in spots. Otherwise, mostly cloudy skies prevail. Expect a high Friday of 50. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon.
3: Does this make sense?
1: Does what make sense?
3: The forehead thermometer.
1: Wait, I, what is the forehead? Oh, you mean the thing that they point at you? Uh huh. Oh yeah, that makes perfect sense. Oh, I like that a lot. I don't. I mean, look. I mean, I'm still, uh, you know, the age where they would stick the thermometer under your tongue right. and you'd have to stand there for a couple of minutes. Sure. And then things got better. Then when we had kids, we, we graduated to the stick the thermometer in the ear thing. Right. That so thought was a minor miracle. Now the thermometer in the forehead. I like that a lot.
3: Okay. We got a problem what,
1: with that. That makes perfect yeah, sense to me.
3: Yeah, I do. Why does it make I, sense to you? Because have you ever seen your reading on there?
1: Well, I'm assuming it's a good reading. Okay, know.
3: so the reading is like 95.
1: 95 what? 95 degrees? Degrees.
3: Okay. Now, you know what normal body temperature is?
1: 98. Well, now, people are trending a little lower in their body temps. Lately.
3: Okay, good. So, three, three, three degrees? Three yeah, I mean,
1: it's in the ballpark. I mean, I can no, see it. No, it's you. not.
3: That's not in the ballpark. No. I mean, three degrees is a gigantic difference. They're just profoundly not accurate. Now, wait a second. Sure why are wait, we're doing now, wait.
1: This. Now, look, we're going to get emails from people who Good, work in bring the pharmaceutical thermometer business or going I'm Kathy telling you, know every single
3: about. time I've had oh, my no. temperature taken at a public place, it has been absurdly low, like around 95.
1: Maybe you're just like a volcano and you're just cooling off as you. I age. doubt it. That's all I doubt
3: saying. it. I think they're inaccurate. And I, I say, I don't think you know, so. No, I do. And they, they don't I make say sense. They, I say they make sense. And I say they do not make sense. All right.
1: Does this make sense? Taxidermy. I mean, I appreciate. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not going to beat up on the taxidermy business, because you you walk in and see like deer heads, you think those are beautiful. But then of course we've got friends. We go out to South Dakota. I got family. They take it to the extreme. They got skunks. They got. Badgers, they got little mice, they got falcons. I mean, anything that you can stick cotton into, they're ready to uh, stuff it and hang it on the wall. So the taxidermy thing, I people who love that. That's cool, but I, I don't know. How about a little uh, little middle ground on the taxidermy? Does it make sense to you? Do you want that in your house?
3: Uh, that creeps me right out. Uh, don't you like a deer head hanging nope. on the wall? I, you I got mean, one like in your it. office, Kat. Like, I like the deer head of my office. You've got one in your office. Yeah, but that that was that was given to me for purposes of comedy. Right. Not, like I don't I don't it, that it, free, it No, you know the process that you have to go through to produce the taxidermied thing. Yeah. That's just. Gross and kind of weird. How about
1: when you go to the Carnegie Museum and you see those little birds that have been stuffed like that? That was like a 100 years ago. I don't like those. I don't really like those. I'm changing my vote. Taxidermy makes sense.
4: No, it doesn't. Get out of here. 101.5 WORD.
1: Here's Dr. Charles Stanley.
4: The grace of God is sufficient for everything. There's not a single solitary
11: thing that you and I could ever possibly need. The grace of God is not provided.
9: When I look to him, it is absolutely amazing. what happens? Here
2: the series "Grace for Today," this week on in Touch with Dr. Charles Stanley. Tomorrow morning at 8:30 on 101.5 WORD.
6: If you go to our mortgage team's website, you'll find hundreds of testimonials of real Christian radio listeners we've helped. Laura here is a recent friend who is kind enough to share a few words with her local station.
13: I was actually referred to United face Mortgage through my mother-in-law. We decided it was time for us to start looking for a house, and I reached out to Kelly, and we found several houses we liked, but, you know, with a seller's market, things kept falling through, but anytime we needed her, she was there for us. She got everything we needed as soon as we asked for it, and... She made it work she made sure that if that was the house that our family wanted we were going to get that house they're a wonderful company and we're just really blessed that we found them in the process that they helped us get through it and we are in the home of our dreams and and our family is so happy
6: we our United Faith Mortgage.
13: We
3: pay your appraisal fees up to $500. That's out-of-pocket money you have to pay before closing.
9: United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330, Department of Banking, Mortgage Lender License number 22672.
1: Robinson Township Christian School celebrates a 40-year legacy of producing college-bound, lifelong learners whose lives are marked by wisdom, knowledge, and a compassion for others. At the airport area's only K-12 through classical Christian school, students grow to love learning, Think deeply and communicate effectively from a biblical foundation. Robinson Township Christian School, now enrolling preschool through 12th grade.
4: Your home for everything home. Download the app today. This is Tim
7: Seckler inviting you to tune in each and every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. right here on Word FM 101.5 for the Life and Legacy Show, sponsored by my law firm, the Seckler Law Firm. Each week, we'll talk about your family's well-being as it relates to elder law, nursing home stays, estate planning, and keeping your hard-earned savings. And if you miss the Life & Legacy show, you will find it archived at secklerlawfirm.com. See you Saturday morning at 9 a.m. right here on Word FM 101.5 for the Life & Legacy show.
1: So as the pandemic starts to loosen... People are headed back to worship, which is fabulous. And I think for a lot of people, you kind of go, well, uh, what's the church going to be like post pandemic? Will the congregations come back? Our next guest, Carl Vaders, is talking about that. Carl's founder of newsmallchurch.com. It's a ministry that en- encourages, connects, equips innovative small church pastors. He wrote a really interesting piece called Will the Congregation Come Back? Should Not Be Our Biggest Concern. You can find information about Carl, his new excellent website, carlvaders.com. But Carl, Welcome back. I mean, uh, I'm glad you're with us, but okay, so if we're not asking about the congregations coming back, what should we be asking?
8: Oh, yeah, that's a great question. And it is a valid concern. As a pastor, obviously, we want our folks to come back, and hopefully everybody will after a certain amount of time. But I think there are some better questions to ask. And the main reason I'm thinking about it is this when we are, when our main concern, especially when our main concern that we're expressing to others is, that people need to get back to church. It feels self-serving to others. Mm-hmm. Like we, we yeah. know it's not because we know that we want people to have a close relationship with Jesus and being a part of a local body is an absolutely essential part of that. So we know that the, that, that is not a selfish reason, but when, when all the people are hearing is, I hope they come back. You need to come back. It feels selfish. We need to be asking better questions like, how well have we represented Jesus during this lockdown and how well will we represent him as we go through what's probably still going to be a couple rough years of fallout from all of this.
3: Yeah. I think that's a wise approach, Carl. And it's, it's a hard, I mean, obviously there's no, there's no right answer for have we represented Jesus well during the lockdown? I mean, there's no accurate answer because, you know, every one of us needs to ask that of ourselves, but, you know, thinking about Christians in general, you know, I wonder how well we've done. I wonder, um, I wonder how well we've represented the historic tenets of Christianity without, you know, drifting into like the crazy conspiracy theories of today.
8: Yeah, it, 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 there, there's a lot to be concerned about. But part of my challenge is um, there's. It's one thing to read headlines, and it's one thing to see what what the media is playing up. It's another thing to be where I am, which is, first of all, part of a local congregation, and secondly, spending a lot of time with small church pastors, helping their small congregations do good, vibrant, mm-hmm. healthy, God-honoring work. And those are two very different pictures. The picture we see of the church in the media, uh, even if the stories they're showing are accurate, they are a thankfully very small portion of, of what the worldwide body of Christ is actually doing. But the time I spend in actual smaller congregations with with pastors who have a real heart for Jesus and for their churches, that is a more accurate and thankfully more healthy look at the body of Christ right now. I'm into that.
1: Okay, Carl, so in the piece of uh, the questions you're asking, I mean, this question to me I think is particularly important that we've gone through this whole year, and the years has gone by, so as the church body and as believers individually— What have we learned, and what are we still learning? I mean, this time last year, we were just starting this whole long journey. I think there was a lot of fear, a lot of trepidation for people. But, you know, coming back out on the other side, um, there's a lot of goodness here that's been part of this year, hasn't there?
8: I think so. A friend of mine recently said, you know, if we go through all of this pain and don't learn anything, then all we've got is the pain. (laughs) Right? So, and, 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 and we always learn more through difficult seasons than we learn through, uh, through you know, positive and upward-looking seasons. You know, when things are fun and comfortable, we tend to just relax. When things are difficult and we have to work our way through something, that's where the learning usually takes place. So all the way from, like, at the beginning of this pandemic, for the small churches that I work with, a lot of us weren't online already, including my congregation. So we learned how to put our services online and how to do it well So we need to continue to build on that. We now have a tool for outreach that we didn't have before. Uh, We've learned how to connect to people without having the building to gather in. Mm -hmm. We've learned how to, you know, call each other up and check on each other when before it was just like, oh, we'll see you Sunday so I don't have to worry about you during the week. We've actually learned how to make better personal connections during this, and we're determined in our congregation to keep that up and not just go back to, hey, we'll see you next Sunday ever again.
3: Okay. All right. So that's something that we could, you know, kind of add to our list of things that we didn't know we were bad at.
8: (laughs) That's a great way to put it. That's, that's a wonderful way to put it. We weren't as uh, most churches that say they're friendly. It turns out, well, I think it's friendly because that's where my friends are. Uh, (laughs) Right. Yeah. They're friendly to me. Yeah. It turns out we're, we're often not as much as we need to, but when we've been put in this position, where all of a sudden we're locked in our homes. And well, like for, well, for instance, where I live, I'm in Orange County, California, eight miles south of Disneyland, people all over the place. And the food delivery app has found its day in the last year, right? right. everybody okay. using the food delivery app. But I talk to a lot of uh, churches in small and rural communities, where the food delivery app is simply not not a thing. But having a neighbor who says, I cooked extra food, Let me bring some over and put it on your porch so you can pick it up for dinner tonight. That is so much better. First of all, the food's probably going to be better. Secondly, it's going to be free. And thirdly, you're making human connections among people both inside and outside the church. We've done that more this past year than previous times. And I hope we don't just go back to the voluntary isolation we used to have. This involuntary isolation has actually helped us to realize we need each other i that.
1: We're talking with Pastor Carl Vaders. He wrote a piece, Will the Congregation Come Back? Should Not Be Our Biggest Concern. Six Better Questions. So, Carl, you you know, you're talking about the people at home who are in uh, short food supply. So with that, there's been this this gulf. This has been a theme here, right? I mean, how do you serve people Mm -hmm. at home, people who are, for whatever reason, you know, they can't, or they won't leave the home instead of us pointing the finger and lecturing and getting into you know, political talk, we should humble ourselves and see how we can better serve them. Yeah.
8: Oh, absolutely. One of the things we've discovered in our trips in the past year is that our smartphone, it's still a phone. (laughs)
3: Oh yeah. You can still talk on it. Yeah,
8: exactly. I I had no idea. There's still a phone on there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. And, and, Yeah, and so we've really discovered this idea. In fact, I've I've had seniors through this tell me they are actually closer to some of the younger people in our church than they were before because we put our young people who are all kinds of active, they're going stir crazy. So we actually put them on our phone list to call those who could not get out, who needed medicine brought over, who need food brought over. So our youth are helping our seniors, and our seniors are saying, we know the kids in this church now better than we did a year ago. Because we've just simply leaned into, let's use the energy of the youth to re- meet the needs of our seniors. And it's been an amazing cross-generational thing to do when we really step up, we, because we needed to. And again, we're just determined we're not going to let that go once we get back into our buildings re- for our regular services again.
12: Mm. Interesting.
3: The show's live yeah. on Facebook right now. The Ride Home with John and Kathy or 101.5 Word FM. So get on there and give us a look. Also broadcasting live at 101.5 FM and 96.5 FM plus 730 AM WPIT talking to Carl Vaders about small churches and how we can kind of look look into like this next COVID phase. And I'm thinking about the, the kinds of afflictions that people have now. And people always have afflictions. And I think it's one of the beautiful things about the church, Carl. And I know the, the three of us have been the recipient of so much care and compassion and concern over our lifetimes from people in the church. But what about pr- things particular to now? What about people who are suffering bankruptcies? Um, what about people, you know, we talked earlier in the show, Carl, about the unbelievable pressure of families trying to, you know, work from home and have their kids online and, you know, being in third grade or eighth grade or 12th grade and how difficult that is. You know, families that have fallen apart, divorces, that sort of thing. I mean, What does that mean for the church going forward?
8: Uh, it's big. I, I hate to be the bearer of, uh bad tidings, but I also believe that faith doesn't deny reality. Faith acknowledges reality and then steps up to meet the need. And mm. I think uh, we, are, we are, I think, entering into maybe between two to five years of, uh, of a fallout from this that we, we aren't really sure exactly what's going to come. But some of it you hinted at already. I think we're in for a season in the next two to five years of a record number of divorces, of joblessness, of homelessness. You've got people, for instance, who haven't paid their rent for a year because they weren't required to and maybe they lost their job, but that is not forgiven. That bill will come due at some point, and they're going to have to make up for what they didn't pay in addition to what they have to do. So there's going to be all kinds of societal uh, trauma coming up, and I'm absolutely convinced more than ever that if we will step up and be Christ to our neighbors – that we can help to meet needs that are now going to be more evident than ever before. It's never been the case that people don't need Jesus or the church, but now the need is more obvious to them than it's ever been before because the crisis is so obvious. So I think we as God's people need to start looking around and asking ourselves, not just how do we survive ourselves through this, but how do we become a bright light in what is going to be, I think, a continually fairly dark period of time for us I am absolutely hopeful that the church will step up, that the church will not just survive but thrive during this. But we won't do it unless we proactively decide, Lord, be with us, show us the need, help us to meet that need. When we do, he always steps up and works through us.
1: Well, that's fabulous, Carl. To be honest, I had not considered that. I mean, I am in agreement to think of that, you know— we're happy when this thing is all said and done, but the, the casualties and the, the trouble around that is going to be a whole other story. So this could be, you know, one of those moments where in the midst of turmoil, the church will shine the best and brightest, despite what, you know, the secular worldview would have to say.
8: Yeah, I really do agree with that. And I, I think the, the, the primary frustration for me through, the, through the pandemic is that instead of uniting to do this, the church has allowed so many divisions to come in among us. You know, we've got people in our churches. I, you know, Nobody trained me to, to, to figure out what to do when congregations are fighting over masks or no masks. That never came up in seminary, you know? Right.
3: <laughs> a lot of things don't come up in seminary. That's a shame.
8: Yeah, yeah. But here we are trying to figure out how to do it because nobody ever faced it before. But the bottom line is that the answers that Jesus gave when he said, I will build my church still apply today. Any church, even if we disagree politically or if we disagree on vaccinations or whatever we disagree on, if we can really be united on the mission of Christ for his church, on the great commandment, on the great commission, that that very quickly overwhelms all these other things Mm -hmm. that even if they're important, they aren't the most important. Unity on Christ and his mission is always going to be what moves us forward. Outstanding.
1: Carl Carl. Vaders. Carl, take a moment and talk about uh, where people can find you. You've got a brand new website, do you not?
8: Yeah, I do. CarlVaders.com. So if you can figure out how to spell my name correctly, you can find me, uh, (laughs) Carl Vaders, and, and on all the social media, my name, Carl Vaders, as well.
3: All right, Carl. One last question for you before you leave us, and we only have about a minute. Um, I just want to ask you about something we heard from a guest recently. He's in a leadership position in one of, a, you know, America's large denominations nationally, and he said that he saw a, uh, I believe it was a Pew research study that said it might have been Barna, could have, either it was Pew or Barna, saying that forty, a full forty percent of pastors in this post-COVID era are looking for different jobs. Not that they want to move to a different church, but they want to get out of the yep. pastorate. Does that surprise you, Carl? It, it
8: doesn't. That, I, I think it's always in the, high, in the high 20s. And now because of pandemic, it's, got, it's come into the low 40s. And I'm experiencing that with the pastors that I'm talking to. Are you? So, uh, yeah, we need to pray for our pastors. It's a huge dilemma right now.
4: Well, Carl, thank you for your advocacy,
1: for your teaching and preaching. CarlVaders.com, talking specifically about uh, the small church and how to be a resource and a help to the small church. We'll take a quick break, come back. Uh, We've still got more ahead. Uh, Stick around. It's the Ride Home with John and Kathy. We're Pittsburgh's Christian Talk here on the radio at Word FM and, of course, on Facebook, streaming with the Ride Home.
12: you take advantage of today's low mortgage rates and save money rocket camp We've already helped over 1 million clients just like you reach their home financing goals this year alone. So remember this. What can give you the technology to refinance easily and save money? Rocket can. Call us today at 8338 Rocket or go to rocketmortgage.com. That's 8338 Rocket or go to rocketmortgage.com. Savings based on quick loans, internal and make, offer, cost, information, and conditions, keep, house, and and all and analysis,
11: Meet Skip.
5: Senior pastor at Sand Hills Neighborhood Church.
11: I told you if we broke attendance records, I'd get the church logo tattooed on my arm.
5: And meet Guy, the youth pastor trying to break through the noise. I just went to church to get back to the gospel. Problem is, you're trying to get your message across.
11: Uh, the gospel? Right, right, right. And ain't nobody listening to that. But this mega church. A Good Friday and Easter. I need something big. Has one mega problem bigger than the resurrection bigger than anything we've ever done. National headlines. Preach on the death and resurrection of Jesus. Plan. An actual crucifixion. This Easter, ask yourself, is the gospel enough with this hilarious new comedy? Operation Stop, Skip, as you go. That's awesome. Church
5: People, starring Thor Ramsey and Stephen Baldwin. Amen. Stream it on your TV, tablet, or phone. Go to SalemNow.com for details. SalemNow.com. Use promo code Pittsburgh for additional savings. When the earth stands between you and a finished project, you need E&K Excavation. Whether you have to dig it, grade it, drain it, prep it, stabilize it, shape it, clear it, or dispose of it, E&K Excavation has over 100 years of combined experience and a fleet of heavy equipment to help you bend it to your will. They can handle any size project for your home or business, providing quality results on time and on budget. For a free quote, visit ekexcavation.com. They'll move the earth for you at ekexcavation.com.
10: Identity thieves love tax forms with personal info needed to steal your identity. That's why LifeLock helps protect, monitor, and restore your identity. No one can monitor all transactions at all businesses, but you can save up to 25% off your first year at LifeLock.com. Promo code risk
5: You could win $12,000 towards a new vehicle for you and another $12,000 for a hometown hero. When you enter the Kindness Challenge, go to wordfm.com to enter the Kindness Challenge today. That's wordfm.com.
1: Well, one of the, uh, I don't know, what do you call it? You don't call it a casualty, or one of the the outcomes of the pandemic is that a lot of a lot of people, I think it's probably especially women, have said, you know, I'm not going to be seen. I'm not going to go out in public. So I'm going to stop dyeing my hair and I'm going to go back to mm-hmm. my, you know, on natural, my gray roots. I saw an article in The Wall Street Journal about that. There's been, you know, sort of a graying revolution.
12: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, I, I don't know about that. I'm, you know, my hair is not turning gray. The unfortunate thing is my hair's falling out. And, you know, so I don't know if that's, you know, particular to the pandemic or just age or just whatever. Or just
3: your bad attitude. I don't
1: know. Um, could be my bad attitude. But, Kath. Yeah. The graying of America. Yeah. Uh, have you considered yourself? you saying, no, I don't know if you dye your hair or not. I sure do. Oh, you do?
3: I sure do, John. I can't. And- you have to know that because I've sent you and Mike photographs of me in the process of having my hair done. My hair foiled and such.
1: I don't think you like, Oh, that's right. That's right. You have Yeah, It's, that. It's, yeah. it's,
3: I can't, it's pretty memorable. I'm surprised I didn't stick with it's you. It's an
1: awful lot. I, it
3: is an awful. lot. Listen to me when I tell you I'm not embracing the gray. You're never going to what you're not. No. Now here's the thing. I know a lot of people who look terrific with gray hair. Well, so I, I fully support it. You might but, look terrific. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to try that ever. Well, I don't know ever. Maybe if I'm 85, but you know, at the tender age of 51 that I currently am, I'm not certainly not doing that.
1: Okay, I get that. I mean, yeah, no.
3: and, and here's the thing. I'll sacrifice a lot of things so that I can get to that hair appointment. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's how important it is.
3: Like I don't I'll skip a meal easily, sure. for goodness sake. A doctor's appointment, yes. I'll do whatever has to be done so that I see my friend Amy once every five weeks.
1: The hair thing, really. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, now
3: here's a and here, here's another thing that's important is that never in my life, never in my life have I ever dyed my own hair. Oh, that's pretty smart. Yeah. yeah. Now I, now listen, there's been a lot of times in my life when money has been very, very tight, but I've already expressed how important this is to me. And mm-hmm. so I have sacrificed other things financially so that I could really? make that every five week appointment
1: kids, tuition, that kind of stuff. No,
3: well, is- you know, it has to be, maybe we'll, course, maybe yeah. we'll have no, know, I- just broccoli for dinner.
1: Everybody has their thing that's really important to them. So, you know, mm-hmm. but I, yeah,
3: I mean, if you're online right now on Facebook and you're looking at my hair, yeah, I just want to encourage you as you look closely, yeah. not no, natural. Not Can you see that? Away. This is no. this is artificial coloring.
1: Is I can't see is. it. I, I really don't pay a lot of attention to stuff like that. I'm sorry that you don't
3: pay attention to my me. hair. That is I so don't. shocking. No. And so no. does, Mike, you pay a lot of attention to my hair No,
6: no. Oh, all the time. You know? All the time, he's got. Oh, you know, someone's got to keep tabs on that thing. That's
1: why he's got that photo <laughs> in the studio there. If Cass just yeah, the lock of her hair, he's got like a little. It's hard to
3: be the only woman in on this team. I'll right. tell you right anyway, I,
1: I just keep tabs, you know, because my cute little cue ball look—I mean, that only goes so far, right?
3: Well, I gotta be honest. I guess maybe Russ, I've seen you every day. I haven't noticed any difference in your How hair. you.
1: I appreciate mm. that. You know, because I'm currently renting space on my forehead. This space for rent because it's gigantic. Such is life. I mean, everybody's got their own worries. Have a great night. Our hair problems notwithstanding. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group.